My name is Andrew Gallegos. And I'm Jen Gallegos. And we are your hosts of the Headed Home Podcast. Over the past few years, we've created episodes discussing growth, strategies for life obstacles, and have interviewed some inspirational people. Moving forward, we're going to shift our focus a bit from us and our story to other top producing professionals in the industry that I work in, which is real estate and mortgages. We want to find out how other people accomplish their goals, overcome difficulties, and achieve growth and success in this crazy world. Hope you enjoy. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Headed Home Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're your hosts, Andrew. Jen. Hi, everyone. Hope you are having a great day. So it is the holiday season. I just, just want to like preface this conversation with I've got all of the lawn ornaments out and they're withstanding the windstorm that we're in right now. So I'm pumped about that. So we have, uh, and probably by the time this, this episode is posted, it will be the holiday season will be long gone, but we've been having lots of lawn ornaments for the last few years in our yard. And it's just more, you keep adding to it though. When's it going to be enough? I try to do like one every year. So he doesn't know like a sneak in like a, no, I know. Oh, damn. Well, and I guess now I'll just start telling you, but yeah. So Andrew had to, Andrew had to go out the other day and, um, fix the, fix all the lawn stuff because the wind, the wind blew it out, but it looks good. It's good, babe. You know? Yeah. It's just, I'm realizing it's like a daily it's a daily battle to keep it all in one place. Right. I think you're doing, I think you're doing so good that we might be able to like up our game a little bit next year and add a few more. What do you think? I'm excited to see what you have in store. (laughs) Also, yes. Well, we'll see. Um, Also excited for this episode. We have a really great guest today, Lorena Zamora. Um, Lorena, what's up? Hi. Thank you so Um, much for joining us today. I'm going to give a little intro real quick. So um, Lorena, she is an experienced real estate agent and has been serving the Denver metro area for over five years. She is the co-owner of the boutique real estate firm, Mora Real Estate Company. Um, She's got experience in doing flips, owning rentals, and an Airbnb. Um, Her clients range from first-time homebuyers, first-generation graduates, millennials, investors, commercial, and the Hispanic community. We're so happy to have you on and excited to pick your brain a little bit today. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Okay, Um, I I have to say one thing because people listening won't know this. So I am connected with Lorena because I taught at North High School when she was a, we decided you were a senior, right? Senior, yeah. So weird. What a what a connected world we live yeah. in. Denver's small. And you still look you look so young. I'm like, I feel like go on. No, you do. <laughs> you're you're so beautiful. <laughs> Lorena, I'm turning 40 next week. Oh and my god. I know I have one more week of 39 and then the you're big still really young, oh. but no, you look like you're in your 30s. I would have never guessed, honestly. I love it. And you. I'm not I'm not just saying that I swear. <laughs> Does does Andrew still look like he's in? It? I'm in my. I look like I'm in my twenties. Yeah, um, I'm already forty. <laughs> no, you both look really young. Yeah, I think doing this podcast keeps you guys young. Yeah, it is. Yeah, bringing fun into you know real estate or, always helps. 
or dyeing my grays, which I also do. So there's that too. (laughs) Well, Lorena, I'm interested in, um, I think you have a really cool story about how you got into real estate. Um, so I would love for you to tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate, where you started, maybe after you graduated high school and, and kind of like how you got to where you are. Okay. So, um, yeah, I have so much to say. So like you said, I graduated from North high school. Um, so I grew up in the North Denver area. So I'm a Denver, Denver native. Um, I actually grew up in um, the Highlands, what's now known the Highlands area before it was the Highlands area, um, before it became, you know, started to develop and change and started um, to see a lot of gentrification and things like that. Um, I actually purchased uh, my home now in this area in the Highlands, which is amazing. I feel really excited that I, you know, was able to go full circle, grew up in the area, saw the changes, now get to come back home and, you know, get to enjoy um, all of the, um, you know, small coffee shops and, you know, all the cute stuff. It's an awesome <laughs> and, area. The, and the appreciation too, which we yeah. can talk more about that. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So after high school, um, I went to school to get my social work degree. And all through college, I worked full-time and went to school full-time. I worked in banking. So ever since I was 18, I started working at Wells Fargo, um, then worked at Bank of the West. And um, I think I I didn't realize that I was going to end up in real estate. Um, But I, looking back, it's funny how things work out. I started noticing um, the disparity with my clients and like the financial literacy Um, you know, I get to see their accounts and seeing people coming in with overdraft fees or just not understanding, you know, simple like debits and credits and, um, realizing myself, I didn't, you know, they don't teach that stuff in school. They don't teach you about credit. Um, I was lucky enough to get my first credit card and start building my credit when I was 18 because I worked at the bank. Mm -hmm. Um, but even now, I mean, we have clients, I have clients that are, in their thirties, forties, and have never had a credit card, um, because they don't, they don't know about credit. They're afraid of credit. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there I started, you know, like real, it started piquing my interest. Like, why don't people know this stuff? Why didn't I know this stuff? Like, why didn't nobody teach me? Um, and I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm first generation. So first one in my family to graduate high school, go to college. So that's awesome yeah yeah, I want to stop right there because I I think that I hope that people listening like understand like what a huge accomplishment that is um one like the high school piece particularly if you didn't have family members that graduated but then to go on and like go to college and then to go on after that and like understand and learn financial literacy enough so that you are able to actually help other people, I I think is like freaking huge and congratulations to you because I, I know that, um, one that wasn't, that wasn't easy to do. It was probably Mm -hmm. very difficult. Um, and two, I, 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 one thing I just want to ask you about really quickly is like, 
how was it hard not having people potentially like in your inner circle that had gone through that experience? And like, you kind of felt like you were kind of like out on your own, figuring it out. Like, was that difficult to, to not have people that had done that before? Yeah, definitely. Um, so not only am I first generation, but the neighborhood that I grew up in at the time, um, there was like gang violence. And so I knew more people that had gone to jail, right? I actually didn't know anybody that had ever gone to college, to be completely honest. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody in my family, nobody in my neighborhood. Um, but I knew, yeah, gang members and, you know. <laughs> so, so why you? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe I'm meant for something greater. <laughs> Was there a passion? Was it like, you know, when you were in high school, were you like, okay, I, I see these people that are, you know, struggling and I want to make something better for myself. So it was that something that drove you, you know, like seeing the situation of other people around you? Yeah. Knowing that I wanted something better for myself and for my family. Um, I think I always would think to myself, like, there has to be something better than this, like than this life and, and the cards that, you know, we were given. Um, I, I think, Jen, you might remember Colorado Uplift. Mm-hmm, I do. I, luckily, yeah. I had some great mentors that made a huge difference. So I had a couple mentors there that really helped me with the college process with applying for scholarships. I actually got a full ride, thankfully. So I don't, I was, um, I didn't, I don't have any, you know, student debt or anything, which I feel so grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um and so having them, even though I didn't have any family, I had a couple of really good mentors that I don't know where my life would be without them, but they, they really helped maneuver some of that process. Um, one in particular, I remember she even like the things you don't think about, right? When you grow up with your family helping you through these, you know, like milestones, but she helped me even um, role play for like my interview for Wells Fargo when I was 18. Um, you know, like, I didn't know, you know, the typical question of like, why should we hire you? Like, Mm -hmm. you're, I was like a 17, 18 year old kid. I didn't even know what questions they were going to ask. And so she did that. She like coached me on how to, um, professionalism, like all of those things, how to write a resume. So, um, luckily I had a few people that were in my corner, but yeah, I did. I wanted more. Um, I was lucky enough to take a few trips with this program. Um, so so to, for, for, for whoever doesn't know what this program is, they work with inner city kids and um, they have like in school and after school programs, mentorship, leadership. Um, and so I got to travel with them actually when I was a sophomore, a junior and a senior. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so I think that's where my passion for travel actually started. I was able you take this kid from like living in, say, government housing, where all you see is, um, you know, not the best conditions or, or people with maybe not the most open minds. And you go somewhere else to a complete different city and you just see how big of a world is out there. And I just wanted to see more. And so I'm like, I need to, I need to get the hell out of here and go see what else is out there. I think that when, cause Andrew it's and awesome I have talked about, 
talked about this a lot um, because I I think one thing I loved about when I was learning about you is like that you really love to travel and that's something that Andrew and I really like too um, for that very reason. I think that when you experience different places and I, I would say I didn't you know, I didn't travel a ton when I was a kid. And so when I started Mm -hmm. traveling, it was like the same that you did like, Oh shit. Like here's all of these different, um, you know, perspectives out into the world. And I think that when you open your world up a little bit more, you realize the opportunities and the possibilities that are available for your life. Um, and I think that that's been a really cool experience that we've had traveling. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just expands your, yeah, like your world. Yeah. And that's great that you, I mean, I'm sure that had a big impact on you. Um, and probably one of the reasons why you were able to, you know, get out of that current, that, that situation mm-hmm. that you were in and try and push for something more. Did you feel like, um, when, when you were, you know, deciding to go to college and you had, I mean, I worked at the school, so I knew very well that there was lots of gang activity. Um, but did you feel like there was this need to almost like separate yourself from um, the people that that were around you at the time so that you could like move forward and kind of create a different life? Or did you feel still connected? Like, what did that look like for you as you were trying to kind of navigate all of this? I think initially I was living like a double life. Yeah. Um, where I still was connected because it is my community, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. and I don't ever want to feel like I was better than anybody. I still don't feel like I'm better than anybody. I still have communication with a lot of the people that I grew up with and um they're now, you know, working towards um, you know, fixing their credit or building credit. I've actually helped a couple of people who are say ex-felons because, you know, they have a past and now they got a, they served their time. They now have families. I've actually helped them purchase homes as well. Ex-game, ex-game members. That. And, That's great. Um, which also brings full circle. Like the fact that I, it's, we all deserve second chances and we, like, and I want to clear this up because so many people think that because you're, um, you have a felony that you won't be able to purchase a home, um, mm-hmm. which is completely a myth. You can Not definitely, as long as you qualify with your credit and your income, you can buy whatever the hell you want. And so um, I thought that was a beautiful thing. And I think towards the end, um, I did, I started isolating myself. I think the, my last year, my senior year, um, even during like lunchtime, I would just skip lunch and just go to the future center. I don't know if you remember the future center. I do. Yeah. Just sit there every single day and apply to as many scholarships as I could. I probably applied to like 30 at least. Yeah. I remember he and I'd be like, okay, do you have any new ones? What do you have today? Cause I'm like, I, I, yeah, I was like, I don't know. I had to figure it out. So it, that, that's when you said like, kind of, you felt like you were living a double life. So it, it, but then now it sounds like you've kind of connected them, right? So you, you're mm-hmm. able to still communicate with, um, people from your past, but also in a way that, um, you're helping them. Right. At one point. Yes. I, and yeah. so when I first left for college, I actually went to a junior college. Um, so I, and I stayed in the dorms. I only went for a semester and then ended up transferring 
um, to CCD and then went to Metro, um, came back to Denver. Um, but during that went. time, where? That's to where I Metro? went too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what are we? Roadrunners? Ro Roadrunners. Road yeah. Roadrunners. <laughs> old Roadrunners. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. So, I think when I was in college is when I did, I started making new friends and just kind of reinvented myself. And I, I was just focused and it wasn't even intentional. I think you're just, I was just so busy with work and school and I didn't live in the same neighborhood anymore. Um, I moved away. And so you just lose contact. So you did social work then. So you went to call it. That's awesome. You know, you mm -hmm. first, first person in your family to, you know, go to college, graduate. And then, so what'd you do right out of college? Um, so funny enough. So, uh, so I was working full-time at the bank, going to school full-time. Right. And then we had to do an internship my last year and my internship, I worked as, um, like an advocate for, it was like a safe house for women that had been victims of sex trafficking. And so it was oh, wow. really, really heavy work. Um, I learned so much. I actually, it really made me grow some tough skin if I didn't already have it, it you know, um, like I would pick women from straight from jail, bring them to the safe house and, you know, help them. And a lot of them were, you know, women that had been um, really beat down. They had tattoos on their face because they had been branded. Um, a lot of them were missing teeth and they have a really hard shell, right? So you have to think that's their survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so then being able to earn their trust and then get through that and then finally um, get them to work with you and, and trust you was, was amazing. So I'm really thankful for social work and all the skills I learned because now I feel like they're very transferable with mm -hmm. now with my clients in real estate, which is very different, right? But still dealing with, with high stress, I can definitely um, work with people that are dealing with, with anything, basically. Um, but from there, I got so burned out just from that. I hadn't even started yet. I was getting ready to graduate and I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Um, and so everybody was getting pushed into the master's program, you know, just like, oh, it's accelerated. It's just one year. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take a year off and figure out what I want to do because I don't know if social works the thing. And I'm like, I don't care if I just went to school for five years for a degree that I may not use. Like if I'm not happy and like, I need to figure out what I want to do. So I thought I wanted to go to law school after. So I worked for an attorney um, and decided, hell no, I do not want to go to law school. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. He's a still a really good friend of mine. But I think when you're in college, you think you're going to go out and you're going to save the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the thing for me. Um, I wanted to be somewhere where I can make a difference and really help people. And I think what I realized is that what really makes a difference is influence and education. And oftentimes when you work in social work or even, you know, like criminal justice, you're still bound by a system and their rules versus when you're an entrepreneur, you're able to, there's no cap to the amount of money that you can make. You then can volunteer um, more than just your time, right? You can, you know, 
uh, donate money, you can also sit on the board and be one of the people that are making decisions about organizations that oftentimes when you were working in them, you had no voice. So that's where I realized I was like, okay, I need to go somewhere where I could help people, but also have no cap on the amount of money that I can make. Well, it, it, that's awesome. And it, it's a competitive industry, right? So yeah. I, I like to hear like, um, was it a struggle for you right when you got into real estate? Did you have success right away? Tell us about uh, that. I would say a little bit of both. Um, so I was, so after working as an, uh, with the attorney, I also worked for a mortgage company actually. Um, and so I, so that really helped, um, with my experience. I I also worked, where else did I work? Oh my God. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I actually, I'm like, I've never used my degree. I I got curious. I'm like, maybe I do want to be a social worker (laughs) or so then I went and I became a victim advocate. And so I worked for the, um, a nonprofit that worked with like the Denver police department. So all of the victims of crimes would be sent there for therapy and services. And so when I was there, I actually, it was so overwhelming. Um, one of our um, co-workers had committed suicide, actually, one of the therapists. Jeez. And so I walked into that, right? Like everybody was really sad and mourning and and I had like, I was the last person that talked to him like mm. that the night before, you know, that he, that we saw him at work. And so again, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, why am I in this? And at the time is when I started studying for my real estate exam. So I was working as a victim advocate. I got licensed. And then during that time, I needed to maintain my full-time job. So that I could, um, sorry, somebody is getting here. Oh, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I totally lost my turn. I apologize. No, you're fine. I think you were just talking about the transition from being a victim advocate and then getting into real estate. You got your license and um, kind of holding a full-time job at the same time. Yeah. Um, so once I got, oh yes, because I wanted to buy my first house mm, around that yep. time. And you need to be, if I quit and started just real estate, I would need the two years. Right. Right. So then I held it together as long as I could until I could purchase my first house. So during gotcha. that time, I started getting clients while also working that full-time job. So I would take my, I wouldn't take a lunch break during my lunch breaks. I would go have client meetings and coffees um and then that. work on the weekends sounds uh, like you were grinding a lot I at the was, beginning. so I grinded when real estate yeah. um that I know I'm probably guilty of that too but on social media all we're so guilty of like glamorizing real estate and it is it's it's great but it is it is a grind especially in the beginning because there's there you don't have right. a boss, you don't have somebody telling you like what to do. You have to want it and go out and look for clients. And when you're new, people don't trust you yet because they're like, well, you, we don't know how well you, you don't have much experience. And I was so young. I was how old was I? I was like 20, 
23, 24 when I first got my license. And so if you're working with people who are older than you or families, they look at you like, what does this kid know about real mm -hmm. estate? Yeah. Oh, well, and it's such yeah. a huge investment for them, you know, even if they, they like you and they, you know, want to support your business, they also have to have that trust in you that you're going to be looking out for their best yeah. interest. And it's tough, you know? So how'd you overcome that? Like, was there a, like a strength that you focused on to be like, okay, even though I'm younger, even though, mm -hmm. um, it's a very competitive field. Like, what did you focus on to be successful? I think it was more my mindset. I don't think anybody ever said anything. I think it's, it's our own minds that say that it's the doubt, right? It's like think behind your head. And so I think just showing up and being professional, which I already knew from work in my other ex experience. Um, and I think just dressing up. So I think mm. first impressions, especially knowing who your audience is, right? So mm -hmm. if I know I'm going with somebody who maybe is a little bit older, I would dress up, wear a jacket, you know, try and, um, show up for for the situation and um do my homework i studied a lot i um so my business partner now that's who i started working right off the bat with and um watching him so just putting myself in in as many situations as i could so that i could learn about real estate and then i actually bought my house really early on when i first got my license so I went through my own transaction. I did my own transaction. So have going through the process myself, then I knew I had gone through it. So I was able to know what to expect when I was helping other clients as well. That's awesome. What do you, what do you feel like was like the turning point in your career in real estate, you know, like when, cause it sounds like you were kind of, you had two jobs for a while, which is pretty typical when someone's like transferring mm -hmm. into sales, but where do you feel like was a turning point in your career when you felt like, you know what, like this, I'm going to be doing this full time. Um, I knew I wanted to do it full time, but not only was I scared because it's scary to leave your nine to five where you're getting a steady paycheck yeah. and just go all in. Um, but as soon as I got my house, I think maybe at, I stayed at my job for a month, maybe two after I got my house. And then I think there was one time where I, I got like an anxiety attack. I'm not going to lie. I woke up and I was crying because I couldn't fathom the thought of going into my nine to five job. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Mm -hmm. I quit. I didn't even, I, and this, this sounds unprofessional. Usually I'm really good about giving a two week notice. I try to give a two week. I couldn't even stand being there for two more weeks that I only gave one week. And they're all, they also didn't want me there for that long. They just wanted me to kind of transfer my clients over and kind of leave. Mm -hmm. um, I left on good terms. It was just so stressful for me at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where it was, where I'm like, fuck it, do or die, sink or mm -hmm. swim. Like, this is it. I'm going to go all in on real estate and I'm going to succeed because I don't have a choice. I don't have any other money coming in. Um, and even if I get into debt, it'll be okay because once I start, you know, um, making deals, like I'll be able to pay that back. But at the time, it what made me feel better is like, okay, I got my house and then I started house hacking it. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term. 
Tell us about it. <laughs> so um, you purchase a house uh, typically with, you know, if you can, five bedrooms or if say if it has less bedrooms, but it has a space for you to build more rooms, you can do that. And you live in one room and you rent out the rest to students, traveling nurses, whoever. And um, with that, that pays for your full mortgage, your utilities, and you get to live for free. So I was doing that with the house that I had bought. So Talk I live about, in I mean, that is an awesome. So for buyers out there that are listening to this, interest rates are higher, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. But like, what you're talking about, Lorena, this house hacking, yeah. you know, investment strategy talk. I mean, that when you talk about building wealth through real estate, that right there is one-on-one. Yeah. So that's honestly what was the game changer for me um, because I couldn't, I maximized my approval um, because I was on a victim advocate salary, right? Mm -hmm. we, as you know, you don't make much when you work in a nonprofit or any of the like public sector. And I, I didn't have any debt. And even then I didn't qualify for very much. So I bought a fixer upper. I learned how I didn't even know how to paint. I watch YouTube videos. Luckily, my uncle's a contractor. So he really helped me remodel the house, but I was on a tight budget. Um, I would go to like the Habitat for Humanity. I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah. with that mm -hmm. store. And would get things, tile, flooring, things from there and did everything on it. I learned so much. So that's, that's actually my, that was my first flip, I guess, and hold. Cause I still have that property now. What is that? Four or five years later, I still have it. Um, and now it has so much equity because I bought it for so cheap. I believe I, so I got it for like 260. Now it's worth at least 450. Um, and I learned so much from it. And like I said, so that was the upfront investment. But then even though I quit my job, I knew I was going to be okay because I was living for free. Essentially, my roommates were paying for the mortgage, the utilities. I would also get the house cleaned every three weeks, all included. And then I would still profit a little bit every month. Do you think we could like move our kids out of our house and do that? I don't think they'd house? mind. I mean, I think we could add a few roommates. Yeah, just I don't think they'd mind. Like they can go live at Even the roommates <laughs> could even do like childcare. Oh, yeah. I so like go out. this. All People right. do that. Denver's expensive. So I've helped That's clients cool. set up their homes for house hacking or um, I know it's hard when you have kids. Like for me, it was easy. I was young. You know, I didn't know. That's a great, but, I mean, a I'm great really, idea. Especially yeah. when you're starting. That's like genius. Well, and there's so many, there's so many, um, you know, single potential buyers that are renting right now yeah. and rent mm. in the Denver market is insane. Yeah. And so I think, I think they need that education though, too, about like, they want to see the number. So that's really cool that you have gone through mm -hmm. it yourself and you can actually show them an example of how, oh, yeah. um, you know, that house hacking strategy worked for you. I think if more people knew about it. And so if you're listening to this, you want to learn more, you know, reach out to Lorena, reach out to yeah. us. We'll put you in touch mm -hmm. with her and then, you know, look at some examples to see how, you know, it can really benefit you to um, purchase a house and then mm -hmm. have your roommates pay your mortgage. 
Okay. Yeah. I do want to, I do want to make sure that we have time to touch on this because this is like the coolest thing ever. So before we were recording, you mentioned, well, one, you love to travel, but you mentioned that next year you are traveling a lot and I want to, yeah. I want to hear all about it. So tell me, tell me what you're doing. So, um, I'm getting ready to leave for a whole year, at least to travel full time. So fun. So I am going to start in Southeast Asia. I've always wanted to go to Thailand, Bali, you know, Indonesia, um, Vietnam, just be there for for quite some time and just explore. Um, I travel a lot now. And the longest I've traveled was last year. I took off for three months. Um, and visited a couple countries in South America, went to Peru and Colombia, and I left my properties and they were just on autopilot, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, what if I could continue doing this while I travel? And it's actually so much cheaper to live and travel in other countries than it is to live here. The cost of living is really high. So I figured when um, I'm planning on buying another property here soon. And so I'll have the passive income coming in and live off of that so that hopefully I don't have to work and I could just explore. And I plan on creating content and showing people how um, attainable and tangible it really is to travel too. I feel like so many people get scared and they don't know where to go. You know, they're just used to going to like LA or, or, you know, Vegas. And they're like, no, it's so expensive to go to all these exotic places, but it's actually very affordable if, if only people can actually show you and map it out for you. So I plan on doing that and I'm so excited. So, so excited. This sounds amazing. I'll be tuning in. I know. I'm so, okay. Are you going with anyone? Are you going by yourself? By myself. Oh my gosh. I'm just taking a backpack. Um, so I'm going to start getting rid of stuff, donating clothes and, um, I already have kind of a minimalist uh, life in a way. Like if you see my closet, I actually don't have a lot of clothes. Um, I'm pretty good about that. And so, yeah, I'm going to have to really be intentional about what I take. because I'm just going to take one backpack for the whole year and just live off of that. But I did it before, like I said, for those three months. But now it's going to be for a year, which is the longest I've ever done. My mom's freaking out. I was going to ask about that. (laughs) <laughs> freaking out. I think the rest of my family don't believe me yet. It hasn't hit them because hmm. I've been saying that I'm going to leave forever and I just haven't. So I think they're like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, and they know I travel here and there and I always come back. So I think that they think that's just what it's going to be. Yeah. But I, I want to make it worthwhile and leave for at least a year. Who knows? Maybe it ends up being two and I never come back or no, I'll come back, but <laughs> this will always be home. Um, and yeah, I think travel and real estate are like my two passions, like, and inspiring others to get out of their comfort zone and that it's attainable. If I could do it, like anybody else can do it, you know, Lorena, that's so freaking cool. And as a former teacher, I I know this is, I just like, I'm so proud of you. Like, this is just so cool. It's like making me tear up. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting emotional in my old age. I am too. <laughs> in my in my 40 years of age. <laughs> no, that sounds really cool. Um, 
so you're going to, you're going to be making content and documenting, um, your journey there. I am. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I actually, well, I'm glad you guys said that you like follow my, my social media and that you enjoy it, but I feel like it's, it's very, um, I don't know. I, I have no training, nothing. So I plan on teaching myself how to learn more about like marketing and social media. I don't even, I barely know how to use TikTok. Like, and I'm, and I'm fairly young, like it's the kids nowadays, like it's hard to keep up. So mm-hmm. yeah. while I'm, you know, somewhere on a beach, I'm going to take some online courses on how to, I don't, and I don't like to use the word influencer because I don't want it to be the cookie cutter, very fake person. I, I want to bring authenticity to, to um, my page and what I'm going to be showing. So yeah, I'm just. I think you have a cool message though, too, you know, tying it to real estate and how mm-hmm. you kind of used real estate as a springboard to even be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier before we went um, on the started recording that I've been working towards this goal for the last five years. So wow. it's not something that was like overnight, like I've yeah. been wanting to travel. So ever since I graduated, high school, I actually thought about joining the Peace Corps Mm. um, so that I could travel. But then, um, you know, life went a different direction. And now I get to travel on my terms. I think that's the thing. I'm such an independent thinker. And I hate having somebody over me or telling me what to do. Or like, I I don't know if I could ever go to a nine to five um, back. Hopefully not, right? Knock on wood. Um, And that works great for some people and that's, that's, you know, everybody's different. But for me, the way that I think, like, I just like the freedom and, and I was able to get that with real estate, you know, with my schedule, with creating the life that I want with um, getting to travel and, you know, just, there's just so much more freedom. Yeah. So cool. It's going to be great. I do want to ask just a couple questions about the real estate market right now and kind of get your take. You know, there's yeah. been a lot of changes here in 2022. Um, what do you, I, I'm getting this question a lot, you know, like, mm-hmm. Hey, is it a buyer's market or is it a seller's market? Um, how would you answer that question from, from a client? You know, is it a buyer's market or is it a seller's market right now? It is a buyer's market. I would say, um, with the, interest like it's leaning rate. more towards that, right? Like yeah. it's starting to be like buyers have some leverage now, right. That they, they haven't do. had over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen the prices, you know, go down. They, it's still, it's stabilizing. I mean, we, it just wasn't normal what we had before during COVID those interest rates. I think people are starting to catch on that the rates now that are quote unquote high are actually normal, but they're high compared to how low they were and how low they were was not normal. And the reason they were so low was because we were trying to prevent the economy from collapsing right during COVID. And so now it's, it's stabilizing. Um, Yes, it's um, making it to where people don't qualify for as much. Um, But like we were talking about, there's so many ways you can get creative, either with house hacking. I know I have clients that buy a house and they turn the basement into um, like another unit, right? And then have like a separate entrance or they rent out the basement. 
and then they live upstairs to to have that you know separation um or they airbnb both or or they airbnb the basement um there's the interest buy down the two one buy down so there's there's so many ways that you can go around um the interest being high but but buyers for once now in a very long in a long time have so much more leverage than they did before so it's yeah very, yeah I mean, a year ago, it was like, in order to even get an offer looked at, let alone accepted, you know, you had to offer way above list price. You had to waive most of your contingencies on the contract. And I think even that changed alone, you know, because home values are still up, but like Mm -hmm. just the fact that you're protected a little bit within the contract to where, you know, you've, you don't have to waive all of your, all of your deadlines. Maybe you could even offer a little bit below list price, or like you mentioned, Mm -hmm you know, get seller concessions to buy the interest rate down or cover closing costs. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's definitely changed and given some more leverage to buyers recently. Mm-hmm. Which is really good. The other thing too, is now you're seeing the down payment assistance programs come back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a lot of first time buyers who could actually afford to buy right now are having, um, you know, a lot more options. Whereas before, to be completely honest, like if you had a listing and you had two offers and you see someone who has an FHA loan or um, down payment assistance, you wouldn't even look at their offer because you they have no chance because you see all these other offers that are offering cash or above asking or making an appraisal difference. Mm-hmm. I had clients, you know, offering to make 30, 50,000 of an appraisal difference, which is crazy. Versus now I have clients that were offering 50,000 under um, list price. So the tables have turned. And um, I think we, when it first shifted, a lot of people got really scared because it was a drastic change. Mm -hmm. And so everything slowed down. But I think now as people are getting more educated and and they realize that these, there's, there's hope and um, that there's so much opportunity Um, especially during the holidays, even if the interest rates weren't a thing, when it gets colder, um, there's always more opportunity for buyers as it is, because so many, not many people want to move during the, um, the winter time. Most people move around the spring and summer. So there, there's so much more that, you know, so much more opportunity at this time. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Well, I want to, I want to close with a surprise question surprise okay for me oh no not for you because i can answer it too (laughs) whatever um who is the best teacher that you've ever known i'm just Uh, kidding i'm just kidding you of course i'm just kidding i'm gonna i'm gonna send a little clip to shirk just kidding um okay so if if you can think of like one hope one personal development book hopefully but any book really that really impacted your life the most, what would that be? Or a business book. Or it could be a school hmm. textbook. Like a statistics book. Yeah. Oh God. Just oh, kidding. <laughs> uh, there's two. Let's see. There's, so I think this one's kind of cliche. Everybody talks about this one, but like the rich dad, poor dad one. Um, Love that. Yeah where it just gets you to think differently about money and 
instead of saying I can't afford that, but instead saying how can I afford that so that you're not closing yourself up to potential opportunities. I think that was a really good one to get me to think outside of the box and, Mm -hmm. and believe that anything's possible. I just have to find a way to do it. Yeah, there is another one, I think it's called the millionaire mindset. Mm-hmm. And that one actually, I'll, I'll have to really, I'll double check the name, but that one goes into what's called your money blueprint. Um, mm-hmm. And it talks about how you were raised and grew up around money. It determines a lot how you continue to view money unconsciously. So you have to like really analyze that part of you or else you're going to continue that cycle with your family. And mm-hmm. so really digging deep on how you, you view money and, and success. And um, I think that really helped. Sweet. I'm going to throw one more question. If you could visit any, cause I know you're traveling for a year, yeah. maybe you're about to hit this place, but like if you could go anywhere, you know, like number one on the bucket list, like what would that be? Travel wise. If I could go anywhere. Um, I don't know. There's so many. I actually plan on hitting all of the ones that I want to hit <laughs> during this it. year. It's kind so, of funny when you travel. I feel like you get to a place and like you don't realize how awesome it is. We yeah. talked to somebody else recently where he went on like a three month sabbatical. Um, and he said, he was like, when I did my itinerary, he was like the places I thought would be, you know, the best, like they were good, but he's like the places that I kind of just wrote off is just thinking that mm-hmm. they wouldn't be all that great. He's like, those were my favorite spots. So it's almost like you have to be there, huh? And to, I, before I'll you realize tell you, it. I already went to a place that I didn't think I would ever get to go to. Where? Where's that? I went to the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. And so that cool. was that was amazing. So this last year, yeah, I, I was in Peru and did, yeah, did ayahuasca, did all kinds of stuff. Like that's a whole nother podcast. Now was that, did you do ayahuasca like in the rainforest by chance? Um, I didn't actually, I did it in the Andes mountains in the, um, sacred Valley. So it was still in Peru, but it was, it was still beautiful. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that is a whole nother. Maybe we'll maybe after your travels, or maybe yeah. if there's a way that we can squeeze in a, a podcast during your travels in 2023, we should do that. That would be yeah. super cool. That's oh. another thing too. I'm really big into um healing, you know, not just like development around um business, but also like spiritually and personally and just, you know, really trying to heal as a person and um really learning uh, like that's what I plan on doing too like when I travel is like not only learning about cultures but learning about there's so much like ancient medicine and and ceremonies Mm -hmm. that they that so many other um like indigenous people use for healing and and tapping into like your subconscious and so much of that so I want to also document a lot of that like ayahuasca was um life-changing for me and um, I know there's there's so many types of those ceremonies around the world that I actually would love to partake in and and document and and show people that it's not as scary as they think and it's tell you about all the taboo things. 
right? So yeah. it's exciting. That's oh, I can't cool. wait. It's all to... connected though. Yeah. It like is. it really, it really is. is. Like when you mentioned like healing from like a spiritual standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, as it as another aspect of life to business or anything else though relationships it is connected you know because if you're not if you're not whole spiritually you know your business can't be complete you know and your other relationships Mm -hmm. can't be so no i'm i'm totally on board with that take us with you i know if you change your mind lorena i will just be (laughs) don't want to go solo we're down or if you just need to take one of us i you can stay (laughs) I'll hang hang with the kids. You guys can come visit me. If I hit a a country that you guys would love to go to, you guys are more than welcome to come stay. Come visit. We'll be following you. And uh, where can our listeners find you? Where should they follow you? Um, I would say probably Instagram is the the safest bet. Um, I use it for personal and business. Um, It's at Denver. Um, oh my God. What I is that? It's, little... it's Denver real estate queen. Oh, okay. Yes. But but it has the little, what is this called? The underscore? Yes. So mm-hmm. Denver underscore real estate underscore. No, real underscore estate underscore queen. Got it. Yeah. There it I'm is. sure you guys will link it. We'll, yeah, link, we'll it. link. We'll link all the stuff. Yeah. We'll put yeah. links on there, but thank you so much for joining us great to chat with you and you know props on just um accomplishing what you have at at a young age and um keep going awesome thanks serena uh listeners if you can like subscribe share we would love you forever peace have a good one thank you guys bye bye